And all I can say is something that used to be a little prayer of mine when I played football myself. May everyone do their best. May there be no injuries. May the best team win and no one have regrets. On the right side, there goes Wyatt Hunter. Welcome to the postseason. Touchdown, Grinnell. Hey, everyone. We are back. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast, episode number 43. The last time we had a podcast was July 25th of this year. We had Coach Souser on. That was a fun time. I went back and listened to that. We have over 100 downloads on that uh, episode alone, which is, I think, the most we've ever had. So either you guys just really wanted to keep listening to something while we posted something new or what. Um, but finally, we are back for another podcast as we're getting into the winter season. Uh, you know, we wanted to try to bring the podcast back. We have a few ideas for a couple guests that we want to have on the podcast. Uh, today we have Jeremy Shapiro, one of the writers for the Grinnell Herald Register. He covers Grinnell High School football, so I sat down with him, asked him about what he's been doing, how he got started in the journalism business, and we also talked Tiger football because why not? I'm also going to give the game preview for Grinnell versus Fort Madison. We're going to talk about other sports coming up, and we'll reveal the 2020-2021 Grinnell High School boys and girls basketball schedules. All that and more coming up on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you... Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our PagSpouse program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating... So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans that the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. All righty. Once again, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Grinnell Mutual and Poly Eyes, for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network all season long, like I love to say on the football preview. Um, let's talk about football. So last week, Grinnell got a 44-23 victory over the Newton Cardinals. Uh, Grinnell was up 44-9 at one point. The defense was playing absolutely incredible. Uh, the offense was doing its job. Newton really stacked the box all night. Wyatt Hunter only ran for, I think, 130-some yards and one touchdown. But when Wyatt was down, that didn't matter. Cole McGriff, the backup quarterback, came in and ran for, I think, close to 200 yards. He also passed for almost 200 yards. So Cole had an incredible night on the ground and in the air. And it really kind of brings Grinnell into this whole new identity that, you know, maybe maybe Grinnell is now a little bit better than they were. The only other time Grinnell had had that much of an offensive, uh, you know, offensive running and passing game was Harlan, and we all know how that game went. If it wasn't for Wyatt going down, we probably would have won that game. Um, you know, uh, you know, the final score was not how that game looked. Uh, 44-23, Newton scored uh, 14 points in the uh, fourth quarter, including a last-second touchdown against our second team. The first team held Newton to nine points, which is just really good. That's some of the lowest Newton's had all year. Um, so, I mean, 
I'd say overall it was a great team win. You learn a lot. Grinnell was kind of banged up, and despite the banged up uh, players, they were still able to make it through. I talked with Coach Souser a little bit on Tuesday night, just kind of asking about this week's game against Fort Madison. He said that the practices had gone well, they're feeling healthier, they're, they're hungry, and he's really just hit across the point that this is the last home game for these seniors um, going forward. So speaking of Fort Madison, let's give the rundown of this game. So it's the Fort Madison Bloodhounds, 7-1 versus the Grinnell Tigers, 6-2. It'll happen tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, October 23rd. And all the coverage starts on the Tiger Sports live stream network at 6.45. Fairfield is also doing a live stream of their own, uh, which, you know, that's weird as it is. I mean, good for them that they're doing it, but they're going to bring their own live stream crew, except they're being put in the track shed. Uh, so good luck to them because that's not a great seat. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, anything for their fans, but we will be streaming it. Don't need to worry about that. We are streaming from our normal location, and we will be starting at 6.45 for our pregame show, maybe a little bit earlier, um, and then official kickoff is set for 7 o'clock, and the schools last week uh, did a pretty nice job getting that figured out. Um, so anyway, Fort Madison 7-1. 7-1, they don't get a home game. I think a lot of people were pretty interested about that. Why did Grinnell get the home field advantage in the second round and not Fort Madison um, I think it was really just strength of schedule. Uh, Fort Madison has one of the worst strength of schedules in Class 3A. They have really not played anybody. Their best opponent was Washington, and they lost 29-7. to uh, I went back and watched that game, and it was in the rain, uh, kind of what we might be seeing Friday night in terms of just how like different the field's going to be. Um, they played on a very torn-up football field, and they slipped, and they uh, slid all over the place. Um, they are a spread offense. They are a passing offense first. Uh, they don't run the ball a ton. They just like to air it out. They have a really good quarterback in Landis Williams. He's a junior. He's run for 425 yards and nine touchdowns, and he's passed for 693 uh, yards and 12 touchdowns. So he's um, he's good. I mean, he's one of those dual threat quarterbacks that we've seen Oskaloosa have and whatnot. Um, in uh, I'll go through the schedule here for Fort Madison. They have, uh, like I said, not played great opponents. Uh, they won their first game of the year against West Burlington, 23 to eight. They beat Centerville, 28 to 12. Lost to Washington, 29 to seven. They beat Keokuk, 21-14. Beat Burlington, 55 to seven. Their most impressive win came against Mount Pleasant, 44 to seven. They beat Fairfield, 55 to 12, and they beat Knoxville last week, 45 to seven. So. They hold teams to low points, uh, margins, but this is the best offense they're going to see all season. Uh, their defense isn't the greatest. Their D-line can give up big runs. They have two really good linebackers that are really good. They have a really shifty wide receiver who's only like 5'10". Um, so Grinnell's secondary is going to be having to play one of the better games they've played all season. You look at last week, Grinnell did really well against the pass defense. And even on offense, when Newton would stack the box, we still ran all over him. Um, and I think that was one of the most interesting things that came out of that game. Um, passing yards, Grinnell has 1,326 on the year. Fort Madison only has 991. Uh, Fort Madison has thrown six interceptions. Grinnell's only thrown three. Both teams have thrown 13 passing touchdowns. Uh, um, excuse me. Fort Madison has rushed for 1,071 yards on the year. Grinnell has rushed for a state-leading 2,579 yards. Grinnell averages eight yards per carry. Fort Madison averages five. 
Grinnell has 35 rushing touchdowns, and Fort Madison only has 17. Grinnell has 91 receptions to Fort Madison's 80. We have 1,326 receiving yards to their 991. Like I said, uh, take a look at a couple more. Uh, an interesting thing, Fort Madison loves to get to the quarterback. They have 14 sacks on the season. Grinnell only has five, but Grinnell has 11 more tackles for loss in a 50-39 category. Interceptions is really where Fort Madison loves to shine. They have 12 interceptions as a crew this season. Grinnell only has four, and Grinnell hasn't intercepted nor gotten a turnover in, I think, four or five weeks now. Uh, they've also returned three of their interceptions for touchdowns. Uh, Grinnell has 33 kickoff returns to their 15. They also have three kickoff returns for touchdowns, so Grinnell will have to kind of play in the kicking game for that. Uh, punt returns, pretty average, no punt returns for either team. Uh, Grinnell has made or has kicked uh, a PAT 31 times. Fort Madison has attempted 38. Um, and a couple more. Uh, so they've attempted five field goals for eight. We've attempted two for three. Uh, field goal percentage 66% for Grinnell, 62 for Fort Madison. Uh, their longest field goal was 37 yards. Ours was 30. Uh, they like to do PATs pretty much average. And the glaring stat Grinnell has gone for two nine times and gotten 18 points out of it. Fort Madison has not gone for two at all this year, and they have zero two-point conversions. Um, like I said, Landis Williams is the big guy. I talked about his stats on the quarterback position. Tate Johnson, a junior, has 15 yards uh, or 15 receptions for 306 yards and seven touchdowns. Keaton Poe, the senior on defense, has 50 and a half total tackles. He has five tackles for loss, four sacks. He's forced two fumbles, and he's picked the ball off once. On Grinnell's side, Dallas Souser, who's not playing. Uh, I don't have Cole's stats immediately off rip. Let me pull those up real quick. Cole McGriff is 21 for 35, 324 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. On the ground, Cole is 55 carries for 439 yards and five touchdowns. Obviously, Wyatt Hunter, 183 carries for 1,929 yards. He's going to hit 2,000 this week. He, has, he averages 10 yards per carry. He has 28 touchdowns on the season, which is a state-tying uh, record. Or not record, state-tying this year. Um, receiving Kyle Dillon has 9 receptions for 254 yards and 5 touchdowns. Owen Kaufman has 18 receptions for 247 yards and 3 touchdowns. Wyatt Hunter has 7 receptions for 148 yards and 3 touchdowns. And Eli Rose leads the team in tackles with 64 and a half tackles, 8 of them for loss. So... These two teams, from what we've gotten, have never played before, so this is a big matchup. Fort Madison hasn't made the playoffs since 1989. Grinnell has not made the playoffs since 2013. That year they went to the corner finals. That was a fun season after the 2012 one. So this this is a big game. Uh, this Everything points to this thing being very even. Grinnell beats Fort Madison in everything on paper, pretty much. Um, Fort Madison, with the eye test, they're really good, but they just haven't played anyone. Um, I, it's going to be a great game. Two programs looking for a big win. The winner of this game most likely gets Peller or Dallas Center Grimes uh, if they win. So uh, we're looking at a good good matchup. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Grinnell doesn't have to drive two and a half hours to get to this ball game. So I'm really looking forward to how that will uh, shake out. So uh, I'm excited. It'll be all happening on the Tiger Sports live stream network tomorrow night, starting at 6:45, and the opening kickoff is at seven o'clock. Uh, a couple other stories from this week. The volleyball season sadly came to an end. They fell to the Little Hawkeye Conference champs, Pella Dutch, on the road, 3-2-0. Um, so Grinnell finishes with just three wins in the volleyball category this year, but 
Um, you know, a lot of improvement this season. Uh, the seniors had a pretty good year. Daisy Harris, uh, all those uh, girls that were seniors on the squad, um, finished the year in good aspects on their own side. Uh, individually, they all did really well this season. Little Hawkeye Conference is a really tough conference in volleyball. And, uh, you know, they're going to leave behind pretty good careers here at Grinnell High School. Good for them. Uh, it was fun broadcasting the games uh, for the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. We did four games. It was a blast doing them. We're excited. We're going to be back doing it again next year, that is for sure. So keep an eye on that. And uh, let's get some more wins in the win column. We're excited for that. Cross country ran yesterday, and I do not believe anybody made it to state. Uh, I could be wrong, but from what I've seen, I don't think anyone made it. Uh, again, I'll be corrected later if they did, but I, as of right now, I don't think anyone made it for cross country, but, um, either way, cross country is fun as it is. You get to run. You just get to have a good time. You run for fun. Um, you get to make a lot of new friends. I was never in cross country, but I know a lot of people that were, and they really liked what they had to offer. Um, so good, good on them. Uh, the swimming team was really, they were at Indianola, I believe. And I think if I'm not correct, uh, or if I think if I'm correct, I think someone from Grinnell won the uh, diving championship. Um, was it Trista Thompson, I believe? Yeah, so uh, Trista Thompson won the diving uh, conference championship. Uh, so that's really cool. Good for Trista. Congratulations. congratulations. Uh, that's a really cool honor. I've watched diving before. Uh, I don't know how you do it. It's literally impossible. You know, one time I was uh, at the pool when I was like in the middle school and I did a flip and I landed it and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. But you know, what these divers do is absolutely incredible how many times they can flip and do all these different things in the air and then they just land with very little of a splash. It's incredible. If you ever get a chance to go out swimming once this whole COVID thing clears up, um, yeah, that, that's cool. I think that'll be really cool if you can ever get a chance to do that. Uh, the final thing I wanted to talk about was basketball. Uh, so the basketball schedules released last week. It was around like 11 o'clock at night, and I saw that Newton had posted their schedule. I'm like, oh, wait a second. I think ours came out. And lo and behold, it did. Uh, so we'll go through the boys and basketball, boys and girls schedule uh, here in a second. Um we will do a basketball preview. We'll interview the head coaches coming up here in a couple weeks, uh, but we're still focused on football. I know how much a lot of people want to shift over to basketball because, you know, you get excited. I get excited, um, but it's never too early to talk about basketball, and uh, we're looking forward to a good year. So um, here's how the schedule is going to go. Grinnell opens the season against – this is on the boys' side, by the way. Uh, so the boys' schedule goes like this. They're home, at South, home against South Tama, home against Newton, they're away, or I'll just say the dates, I might as well. Home against South Tama on November 30th. They're home against Newton on December 4th. Away at Benton on December 5th. At Clear Creek Amanda on December 10th. At Dallas Center Grimes on December 11th. Home against Pella Christian on December 18th. Away at Greene County on December 19th. Home against Center Point Urbana on July or January 1st. Uh, home against Indianola on January 5th. At Norwalk, January 8th. Home against Pella, January 12th. Home against Oskaloosa, January 18th. Home against Nevada, January 21st. Away at Newton on January 22nd. Uh, home against Dallas Center Grimes on January 26th. Home Away against Pella Christian on January 29th. Away against Knoxville on February 1st. Away against Indianola on February 2nd. Home against Norwalk for senior night on January or on February 5th. Away at Pella on February 9th and away at Oskaloosa on February 12th. Again, I could talk about these games, but I'm not going to. I'm going to save it for our basketball preview. 
to the girls' basketball schedule we go. Uh, by the way, all home games will be broadcasted on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Just letting you know. Uh, the girls' basketball schedule, they start on uh, November 21st at North Mahaska. November 24 or November uh, 24th, they're at Des Moines Christian. 21st, they're at North Mahaska. 24th, they're at Des Moines Christian. Home against Saltama on November 30th. Home against Newton on uh, December 4th. Away at Clear Creek Man on December 10th. Away at Dallas Center Grimes on December 11th. Home against Pella Christian on December 18th. Away or home against Center Point Urbana on January 2nd. Home against Indianola on January 5th. Away at Norwalk on January 8th. Home against Pella January 12th. Home against Oskaloosa January 15th. Home against Fairfield January 19th. Home against Nevada January 21st. At Newton on January 22nd. Home against Dallas Center Grimes on January 26th. Uh, away at Pella Christian on January 29th. Uh, home against Indianola uh, on January 2nd or on February 2nd. Home against Norwalk on uh, uh, excuse me <laughs> February uh, 5th. Home again or away against Pella on February 9th and away against Oskaloosa on February 12th. So again, I'll go through those games in our basketball preview here in a couple weeks. We'll sit down with Coach Edson and we'll sit down with uh, uh, Coach Sharp. And we'll get everything figured out, and uh, we'll talk to some of those coaches. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we will go straight into an interview with Jeremy Shapiro, and uh, we'll catch up with him and see what he's up to. Uh, Jeremy uh, Shapiro. Uh, Jeremy, it's uh, good to have you on the podcast finally. I've been wanting to do this for a while um you know you've been a helpful uh partner with us on the live stream you're not an official partner but man you help us so much with your stats and whatnot um i don't think a lot of people know who you are uh a lot of people i would say probably don't know who you are they've read your stuff but i don't think they really connected the name with the face or whatever so jeremy kind of kind of tell me what you do and who you're about yeah well thanks for having me on um Real honor to, to be part of the podcast and um, just uh, always enjoy your work on the podcast and in the booth. So um, just uh, excited to be part of this. Um, yeah, so I, um, who I am, man, complicated question right out of the gate, right? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been working here in Grinnell since 2017. Um, I have a history in journalism and in the university world and communications. Um, but when I moved to um, Iowa, uh, I just kind of reached out to a couple media outlets to try to try to get in the game, so to speak, um, get a chance to do what I love, which is obviously covering sports. And um, Martha and Taggy down at the uh, Herald Register were uh, uh, excited about that and um, just grateful for the opportunity the last three seasons to be covering the football team and uh, also doing some some feature writing as well um out of football um during the other parts of the year so it's been it's been great to um to continue to do that so where did where did you grow up where did what part of the country did you grow up in and i guess did you have when did your interest in writing and journalism kind of start yeah so i grew up in lawrence kansas 
um, a block away from KU. So I got Rock Chalk Jayhawk uh, indoctrinated at a very early age. Um, I, you know, I used to kind of just devour the sports section when I was a kid. Um, you know, I would, I just remember reading it from front to back, the statistics, the stories, the columns, just really enjoying it all. And at some point I probably put two and two together in that that would be something I'd like to do. Um, obviously growing up in a college town, we had some, uh, some great sports going on. Obviously KU basketball is perennially one of the best teams in the country. Um, so just the excitement with that probably had something to do with it and, and just, just reading the paper every day. Where did you, did you, where did you end up going to college? Yeah. So I went to Iowa, uh, University of Iowa, um, had a great journalism school there, some good experience with the Daily Iowan, and uh, that's kind of where I got my training. When you immediately got out of college, where did you go? Did you go straight to Grinnell, or did you, where were you at? Hayes, Kansas. Uh, <laughs> for those who drive that long stretch of I-70 between Kansas City and Denver, that's about halfway. Um, that was my first uh, newspaper job. Um, pretty small town in the middle of nowhere. Um, but a good place to get started and, and kind of learn the ropes. What what was it like to jump from, I mean, you've pretty much done small town newspaper journalism for a while. Uh, what did you say, what would you say are some advantages to doing that uh, instead of doing like a larger sports team? Um, definitely the relationships you build with community members. Um, I think you can, you know, oftentimes in a, in a smaller town, there's one high school um, or maybe it's one community college or one four-year school. Um, so, you know, you're not spreading yourself thin in that you're trying to cover 12 different teams like you would in a metro area. Um, so it, it's great to be able to get to know, um, you know, the athletic director, the coaches, some of the parents, some of the kids themselves, um, and uh, just kind of see – Programs grow over the years. Um, you know, athletes get better as they get um, more experience. Um, that's that's really fun to see. Now, are you involved with Grinnell College at all, or is that just something that I think that you're involved with? <laughs> <laughs> well, you deduced it very well. Um, I do have a full-time job at Grinnell College. Um, I work in the Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Gotcha. Um so you've been doing journalism uh, here at Grinnell since 2017. Um, would you say that you know what you only do football? For, is that correct? You only do high school football here in Grinnell? Yeah, for the paper, um, that's the only team I've I've covered like on a game by game basis. Mm-hmm. And that's what is there a reason behind that? Yeah, um, uh, Martha. Um, uh, Pinder is um, the editor of the paper, and um, she she covers a lot of sports too, and and she goes to all the the football games as well and takes photos. Yeah. Um, so just um, that was the one where we kind of mutually. I mean, I've I've covered football a long time and really enjoy it, um, and it worked out well with so she could concentrate on taking photos. Um, but she's kind of held on to those other sports. Gotcha. Um, so I've just kind of been doing feature type stories um, outside of football. You know, they've, there's always been that thing the past couple of years that newspapers are kind of dying and that people are moving to more of an online type of, you know, reading and whatnot. 
in your right. opinion, where do you see the newspaper industry right now? Personally, I still love reading the newspaper. I really have no problem with it, whether it's online or in paper. But where do you personally see the newspaper industry at right now? Oh, man. Uh, well, thank you for your readership. Um, <laughs> we need more more people like you. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously not in good shape, and I don't know. I don't know how we can save it. Um, there's a lot smarter people than me who have spent many hours trying to stra- um, strategizing about uh, the fate of the industry in ways that can get turned around. Um, but there's all kinds of problems um, that are well documented. Um, I, you know, feel like newspapers are attempting to do what they can, um, but the resources are limited. Um, they're cash strapped in many cases, corporate, you know, just, just all kinds of factors going against them. Um, which, which is a shame because there's many good journalists out there who, um, who are just, uh, not able to, um, continue working at what they love to do. Um, so many like, like me and like a lot of my colleagues from back in the day have turned to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, via higher education, via public relations, marketing, um, maybe freelancing um, to um, as, as a living. So, um, unfortunately, I, I think a lot of us would still like to be uh, at the daily newspaper, churning out stories um, and doing what we love. But um, you know, it's one of those industries that, that um, continues to go downhill, and it's just difficult to see. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about this Jimmy C contest that I always see every week. Um, I know some people see it and I've, I've always, you know, taken a look at it from, uh, time to time, but yeah, how did that start? And, uh, kind of give me an example or what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, we got to get you in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, here, uh, we'll definitely, we'll definitely give you an invite next time around. Oh man, this is my favorite thing in the world. Uh, Jimmy C is a sports picking contest. It's free. It's been uh, conducted through email, and I've done it since 1999. Mm-hmm. So we're on our uh, 20 what 21st season here. Um, and uh, it's it, the core of it's just pretty simple. You're picking a one college football game, a winner and a score every week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's I think this year we're down a little bit. We got like 71 people competing. Um, and it's a great way for me um, to stay connected with a lot of people, um, a lot of friends throughout the years. So, so there's some people I went to college with. Um, as I've kind of moved around the country, you know, you, you tend to lose track of people, but this is a great way to just stay connected with them. And, you know, we do that so long now, you've got like, it's almost like, um, I don't want to say the NFL, but it's almost like, you know, you've got these kind of powerhouses, and then you've got these people who bubble up every now and again and have great years. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of fun to see, like, who, who ends up being on top. And um, and you, there's, like, a bowl game if you, you're in the top 24 yeah. and the top four go to a playoff. So, so yeah. <laughs> you gotta you got to get me into the basketball season. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> we do a football and a basketball. So. Perfect. Um so when you do uh, reporting here for the high school, uh, kind of, I mean, I, I can see, I look over, because you're right beside me, just by, separated by a glass window or whatever, when I, I can see what you're doing, right. like, throughout the game. 
kind of explain to me what your process is through the game between you're updating people on Twitter, you're taking down stats, and then at the end you write the whole thing. Just kind of give me a preview. Like, how do you go about, you know, from the – or give me your routine. When you first get to the booth, what do you do to all the way up through the game to the when you go home? All right. Um, yeah. So um, I think it's probably my, my process has evolved over the years. But, but basically, you don't get there – uh, say hi to Blake and, uh, you know, everyone else yeah. and uh, get set up. Um, I don't do a lot before the game. Sometimes I'll, I'll run down and shoot a couple pictures, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to tweet them out. Um, but during the game, um, yeah, I, I try to keep track of, um, you know, every time there's a play, I try to jot it down, um, kind of circle some plays that I might, you know, want to come back to in the story or, or ask the coach about. Um, and then I'll keep running statistics. Um, so those are the two things that happen after every play. You know, some of these high-tempo offenses um, kind of catch me off guard as I, as I get behind. Yeah. It hasn't been too bad. <laughs> hasn't been too bad this year. Um, but then, yeah, I'll, I'll try to, you know, anytime there's a score or a big moment in the game or maybe someone crosses a stat or record threshold, I'll try to throw a tweet out there. Um, halftime, kind of catch my breath and, and combine the first half stats. Um, and then, then after the game, um, I'll, I'll just kind of get started on the story and, you know, have a conversation with Coach Souther, um, and work his quotes into the story and, uh, and turn it in. Would, you know, you've been, so you've been doing this for a while. Is there anything that you think separates you from other journalists when it comes to writing your stories on sporting events and whatnot? Is there anything unique that you bring to the table when writing these stories? I mean, whether that be interviews um, I, or how you interview people. I think preparation. Um, that's something I take a lot of pride in. Um, I really try to research um, the opponent, um, kind of have a handle on statistics and um, maybe some, some potential storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I do the day before the game is I jot a few of those down. Um, I think that helps me a lot. Um I'm not in a deadline situation here in Grinnell, but a lot of times throughout my career, I had very strict Friday night deadlines mm-hmm. where I had to turn around a story in a half an hour. And so anything you can do beforehand um, or to just kind of get the ball rolling really helps in, the, in a deadline situation where you just have to write quick. Um, Interviewing-wise, uh, I, I don't know that I do anything uh, special compared to other reporters. Um, I think over the years probably I've gotten a little stronger in, in what types of questions. and um, you know Maybe I'll try uh, to remember a key point in the game and ask the coach about that. That's kind of standard fare probably on interviewing. Yeah. Would you say, do you have a favorite uh, or a story that you've written, whether that be about a player or about a coach or a certain thing that really sticks out to you that you really still take pride in and you think back and you're like, well, that was a pretty good story that I wrote? Hmm. Um, I guess one that comes to mind, um, I did a... a I know you're a NASCAR guy. Yeah. Uh, and I worked for a while in Emporia, Kansas, which is where Clint Boyer is from. Yep. Um, and we covered a race in Kansas City. Yeah, I was at the Speedway there. Yep. A couple of races a year. 
and just got to do um, – he had mentored a, a younger racer, up-and-coming racer in Emporia, and just did a story on, on the, the two, and, you know, they got met up in Kansas City, and it was just really fun to be there and kind of see some of the behind-the-scenes action, and um, it was, I think 70% of the story wasn't about Clint, but, mm-hmm. you know, just just um, what he added to it um, really made that story great oh that's cool um so you started the high school football in 2017 grinnell was not in the best shape they were you know at the very bottom and now look at us now we're fighting for a playoff spot next or this friday and you know we're one of the best teams in the state what what's been the progress like as a writer and a journalist or in a journalist for this football team that you've been able to just watch this team grow from the very bottom all the way to the top I, yeah, I thought about this actually quite a bit, um, you know, because I've covered teams that are um, already good, that are, you know, kind of stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. But the best journalistic, I think, um, topic is to have a team that is on the rise because people get so excited, you know, especially if it's been five, ten years since they've been in the playoffs, since yeah. they've been competing for district titles. So uh, I feel very fortunate to kind of catch lightning in terms of the timing uh, of, of being here in Grinnell for this. Um, but it's been exciting to see. Um, you could kind of, I mean, you were there in 2018. Uh, the team was still, you know, there were still some rough games. We were still getting blown out a few times. Yeah. But you could see that, you could see the progress. You could see what was building. And um, now to see it come to fruition, um, that's just incredibly exciting. Is, and, uh, can't wait for Friday. Is uh, and we'll talk about Friday here in a little bit. But um, is Wyatt Hunter one of the best football players you've ever seen in your journalistic career? Hmm. He's right up there. Um, his uh, yeah, like Coach says, his ability to um, find an opening, to make a cut, to outrun the defense it's, it's really incredible. Um, I covered Texas high school football for oh. five seasons. <laughs> yeah. And not, uh, there's no disrespect to Wyatt, <laughs> but there were some really good athletes um, out there, um, probably highlighted by C.D. Lamb Yeah, uh, at the top of the list. Well, so. in that case, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's playing for the Cowboys, one of them's still in high school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, with this Grinnell team, this podcast will come out before Friday, so I guess we can talk about this Fort Madison team uh like you i like to study i like to watch up games i like to do everything uh you know based off what we've seen from grinnell this year uh what do you see happening friday night against this fort madison team um and i know this is probably really weird to be asking you these questions because you're usually asking these questions (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a bit of a role reversal um i think it's gonna be a, a really good game um Coach mentions Fort Madison spreads out the offense. Um, they run the ball really well. Um, it's not a, an offense that Grinnell has seen a whole bunch, mm-hmm. um, so that concerns me a little bit. Um, you know, both teams are used to winning at this point. You know, 15 out of 18 wins between the two. Um, I think I think it's, it may come down to what we see in the passing game, just like last week. Yeah. I mean, we saw the progress. 
if they're able to do that against Fort Madison, uh, I think Grinnell has an excellent shot. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, so when you're with us, or when you're up in the booth here for Grinnell, most of the time I'd say you've been in the booth, in the actual booth. You've been sitting there, right? You have your own spot or whatever. What's the worst spot you've ever had to sit to get stats for a ball game? I know you had to sit outside at 8 a.m. last year, but luckily the weather was kind of nice. What's the worst spot you've ever had to sit and cover a game? Um, yeah, I've been outside twice this year, but both great weather days, yeah. so I've been left there. Uh, big game in Texas, and I gotta say, most Texas press boxes are are first rate, with some lag behind. And just a game, I think it was two six and O teams, and they had us up on the roof of the press box. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been rather in the stands, but you know that's it, hard. It's windy up there, and you got a bunch of papers. So uh, you know, the vantage point, I guess, was okay. Um, you could see everything going on, but but just not the best place. Right, right. Um, you know, journalism, uh, you know, you create a lot of friends in the, the journalistic business. Would you say that journalism probably is one of the top places you just create relationships with other people and they stick for quite a while? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, you do get to know a lot of people um, from a lot of walks of life. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and you learn things you don't really know much about. Um, I definitely remember that working at newspapers, you know, whether it's economic development or, you know, how the sheriff's office does, conducts a search. and Just all that stuff kind of has always been fascinating to me. Um, and you do, you do. I mean, you have to, you know, when I was in journalism school, they were very careful about um, not crossing the line with your sources. And you want to be friendly, but not, you know, super tight so if something bad happens you know you're in an awkward situation where you have to write about a friend but but yeah i mean you do have these bonds um especially if you're in a paper for a number of years and you really get to know people yeah yeah um so you're you're a big kansas fan uh rock or what is it rock chalk or what is it uh rock chalk Rock Chalk rock chalk um yeah, I, I guess we could talk about college basketball because, you, know, you know, it's sports. We can talk about whatever. Uh, how do you see uh, Kansas shaping out this year? You know, COVID kind of makes some things interesting, but, uh, you know, they uh, they looked pretty good last year. Obviously, didn't get a chance at the tournament, but how pretty do you see good. It? They were number one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, do you see, uh, how do you see this year going for Kansas? Yeah, no, I'm still better we didn't have an empty tournament. Right, yeah, I am too, yeah. <laughs> I'm not over that yet. Yeah. Um, I think I think they'll be in pretty good shape. Um, they lost a couple of key players, um, but that's every year. You know, KU, Kentucky, Duke nowadays, you know, the one and done and everything. Um, but you know, Marcus Garrett coming back, um, they've got you know they're always bringing a couple of studs. Um, if we're able to have a, a you know a legitimate season, I think Kansas will be a, be up there again. Um, top five top ten i'm sure but but i think iowa will be too this year oh yeah i'm i'm excited for that how hard did you party in 2008 when they beat memphis in the title game i was there you were there no way i was there um and it was very last minute um we uh let's see uh that was in austin where was that that was in san antonio yeah um 
Um, we were living in Wichita at the time, and after the Saturday games, um, you know, a lot of tickets ended up going on sale. I can't remember. I think it was North Carolina and maybe UCLA lost. Yeah. Um, then, and just made a spur of the minute, uh, spur of the moment decision that Sunday to buy a ticket and head head down there. So we actually <laughs> got to San Antonio probably like four o'clock for an eight o'clock game, and left right after. Wow. Uh, but totally worth it because we were there when Mario hit the hit the shot. Yeah. At the overtime. Um. Yeah. One of the most uh, incredible moments of my life. Oh dang. My goodness, and they haven't been able to do it ever since somehow. But it's their time's coming. I... Uh, yeah, they've been to some Final Fours. It's not. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not. Not. Um, well, I guess one of the final things I was going to ask you coming up is, uh, you know, what what's really next for you? How long do you see this working out here in Grinnell for a little bit, and then do you have a big goal that you're trying to reach in terms of your journalistic career? And I guess what what's what's forward from here? What's coming up next for you? Yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed my time in Grinnell. Um, I do like my job at the college. Um, it's great working with um, working with people at the college, um, faculty and staff, and, and um, I think the new administration under President Harris um, is really doing some exciting things. Um, so no plans to, to go anywhere at this point, um, and I hope Martha will uh, and Peggy will continue to allow me to cover, um, cover the games on a freelance basis, uh, the football games. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Long term, um, I thought about um, dipping my foot in kind of the sports information world. Um, I, I was sitting next, as you know, sitting next to Ted uh, Schultz during the last game, and uh, Ted's job's always uh, been fascinating to me. So I could see maybe someday going into that arena. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, enjoyed. Uh, I think our family likes living here in, in Central Iowa, and no plans to to leave anytime soon. Yeah. I lied. I got. I got one more question. This is just for my own personal use. Uh, where, when you, you're always big on the stats. I love reading your stats before games. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, interesting stats like records and whatnot. Where's your primary source where you usually get those stats on, like, when these teams have played each other, or like, you know, how you give like a historical record and whatnot. And you're always, you're always so good to find old school records and whatnot. Uh, where do you find that stuff? Um. So I guess a couple of places. The, uh, the BC Moore site. He's done some research, yep. and, it's, and it's it's incomplete. Um, so been thinking a little bit, maybe about an off-season project to try to try to go back and, and do some of my own. Um, I got a buddy who's really into stat keeping as well, mm-hmm. looking at old games. So possibly a project down the road. But but that's a good site. Um, obviously, varsity bound. You guys do a great job with the, keeping the stats updated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'll try to keep my ear open. I, like, yeah, they, they announced it uh, at the Newton game, and I didn't write it down. And uh, I'm trying, still trying to figure out the Newton-Grinnell all-time series. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Because I don't – Grinnell and Fort Madison from – I don't think they played at each other before from what I've gotten. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think so either. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Because varsity bound only goes back to 2006. Um so anything before that you can't get. But I use a site. Uh, it's literally just a Google Sites, and it's literally just Iowa high school sports. And like, uh, yeah, it literally. And you've probably heard of it before. It's literally just. I mean, they have every single playoff thing for every team, every single team's championships, and when they happened, all all first team players for every single school. I mean, it's pretty incredible what they've done. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many places that people can go and look. And I know a lot of people would, you know, it's too bad. These are kind of hidden behind sites that not many people can access them, but, uh, nor yeah. do they know they exist, but I just didn't know what your main sources of, uh, you know, finding all these stats were. Yeah. It, it, I know it's tough at the high school level, um, to, to, you know, have that central database of all that. Um, I know a lot of me in the other states I've lived in kind of run into the same problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'd be nice someday if you know, take some, some, uh, you know, huge research effort, but <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. Um, well, I, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day, Jeremy, to uh, talk. Um, you've been a great help to my dad and I for doing all the uh, broadcast and whatnot, and we can always go to you for our stats guy at halftime and whatnot. Um, and we, we try to mention your name every single time uh, in the broadcast, uh, you know, get your name out there. But, uh, you know, I, you know, like I said, people have probably read your stuff several times. They just didn't know it was you, and, uh, you know, I... I, you know, I think we're really appreciative of what you've done for Grinnell and whatnot, and um, we're gonna have to have you on the stream, the live stream itself, one time. Maybe you can come up during a basketball game or something, and uh, yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can help us call one of the games. I think that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I'd I'd enjoy that. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words, and I mean, you you and your dad do a tremendous job, and I mean, I know you you work really hard at it, and you're you know you go to practices, and like you said do your research and your homework and, and that shows up um you know in the broadcast as well but kudos as well yeah i appreciate it i appreciate it well uh thanks for talking jeremy uh you know i'll see you on friday and uh thanks for coming on the podcast sure yep. My pleasure. thanks jeremy All right, once again, thanks to Jeremy for uh, stopping by and talking to us. He was actually in the uh, Tanger Outlet uh, parking lot in Altoona when we were film- when we were recording that. Um, so thanks to Jeremy for sitting down. A lot of interesting stuff about him. Like I said, you've probably read his stuff all the time. You just never really knew it was him. Uh, if you see him, he's probably walking around with his giant briefcase, and uh, he's either got his phone interviewing a coach or something like that. Um, stop and say hi to him. He's a really friendly guy. He's a good guy. He really helps us a lot with our stats and whatnot. Um, and he writes some great articles. So I'm glad we got to sit down with Jeremy and talk to him about, uh, what he's been up to. So, uh, that's pretty much a wrap for us on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network, uh, podcast again tomorrow night. Grinnell versus Fort Madison. Round two of the playoffs. The round of 32. Winner advances to the Sweet 16 of the playoffs. It uh, should be a fun game, man. Uh, Grinnell hasn't made the playoffs since 2013. Fort Madison hasn't made the playoffs since 1989. So two teams that are fighting for a playoff drought. Granted, the Bloodhounds have probably had it longer. But, uh, yeah, bring uh, bring your coats and jackets. It's going to be cold. When I talked to Coach Souser, he said he wished COVID was gone because he's like, tomorrow night's crowd probably wouldn't have been one of the biggest Grinnells ever had. The record uh, for attendance was set against South Tama in 2012 when they played the playoff game to get to state or get to the dome. Uh, that was the most amount of people we've ever seen at a game, but um, you can watch it on the live stream. Uh, make sure to stay safe if you're out. COVID numbers are kind of going up here in the state of Iowa, so make sure you uh, bring your mask, uh, bundle up, social distance from yourself, and uh, just do what you got to do as we're getting further in the year. 
And uh, we're coming up on November. Make sure you vote, vote, vote. This is the most important election we'll have in a long time, so make sure to get out and vote. You can register early. Uh, just make sure to know where your local polling place is and go out and vote. Uh, this is an important voting year. Um, so that's our statement from the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Vote, vote, vote. Um, once again, thanks to Jeremy for coming on and talking to us. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast, episode number 43. We hope to see you guys next week. We hope to see you tune in tomorrow night for Grinnell versus Fort Madison. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thanks for listening and uh, donating especially. We've received tons of donations the past couple weeks for our Venmo and our Fill the Stands. Uh, we really appreciate everything. T-shirts and stuff will be sent out to the people that sent donations of uh, whatever, $50 or more. There's statements on that on Facebook. So make sure to follow us on Facebook. Make sure to follow us on Twitter uh, to get all your updates. Once again, thanks for listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. I'm Blake Walker. Have a great rest of your week, and go Tigers. Time, McGriff will throw. Nobody's open, but the right side of the field is. McGriff makes two guys break an ankle, and he walks in for a touchdown. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.